You know, for a long time, I meant to try Pete's coffee, but just never gave it a chance. But ever since I did, I have a hard time settling on anything less. And there's something to say about a coffee company with such rich history and devotion to bring you that perfect brew. Since Alfred Pete opened his first coffee bar in 1966, Pete's has selectively sourced the finest beans in the world, carefully calibrating each roast by hand and crafting each beverage with the utmost care. Pete's aims to produce fresh from the roaster's coffee delivered directly to your door, sourcing the top 1% of coffee beans, roasted by hand to unlock each bean's potential, and delivering it to you fresh to bring you the perfect cup. With over 30 flavor varieties in both gourmet coffees and teas, like Vietnam Lotus Bold, Major Dickinson's Blend, and Arabian Mocha Java, you are sure to find the right flavor to start your day. And they even come in K-Cups for those of you who live life on the go. Check out all the varieties of Pete's has to offer by following the link in the show notes below. And starting August 30th, you can take advantage of their Labor Day sale and get yourself 20% off anything on their site by using promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout. This offer is valid through September 5th. That's promo code LABORDAY20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase this Labor Day. But why not do one better? Use promo code NEWSUB30 at checkout and you get yourself 30% off of a new subscription to Pete's Coffee. That's right. All the delicious coffee you could want delivered right to your door each and every month without you ever having to worry about running low. What more could you ever need? That's promo code NEWSUB30 for 30% off your subscription. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1980. A man's best friend is killed on the streets of New York City. The man then transforms into a violent killer, turning New York City into a great war zone. And Christopher George is the only man who can stop him in The Exterminator. Let's get into it. In war, you have to kill to survive. On the streets of New York, the choice is the same. For the exterminator. Is on. The police are chasing a killer who's not only smarter than they are, he's doing their job. That's what it's like 
to be a victim. The Exterminator, the man they pushed too far. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. When you think of Exterminator, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I mean, generally, bugs, getting rid of a problem. Squirrels? Squirrels. <laughs> In our case, squirrels. Would you think it was a PTS-riddled Vietnam vet with a, a, a complex of not wanting his best friend to go anywhere? No, not that wouldn't be my first guess. Mm-mm. But somehow... This was still better than the Val Kilmer movie from last year. We watched a Val Kilmer movie last year? Oh, Jean-Claude. God damn, oh, they look alike. They're, they're the same person. Hard target. Hard target. Yeah, they're the same person. So This gave me that, that vibes without the bullshit that hard target was. The 90s BS bullshit. I mean, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. However, this this one to me felt a lot more like a direct ripoff of Death Wish. Okay, but Death Wish was actually good. Death Wish was very good. This, I I can't say that I didn't enjoy this one. No, that, that's true. I think it has a lot of issues, which we will get into. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think it's a fun watch. This was definitely one of those ones where I was like, I'm not looking forward to seeing this because it's an actual grindhouse action movie. But I was actually very, like, in deep with it. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I did end up very much enjoying this. Leah enjoyed an action film? Yeah, and I wasn't high. What? Mm-hmm. Well, before we get too far into today's episode, mm-hmm. we can't go on without talking a little bit about our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Now, as we've said before, Pete's Coffee is something we've been drinking a lot of recently. And this week, we actually started finally trying the Big Bang flavor, Mm. which is, it's supposed to be a very bold flavor, very smooth and balanced in richness. Uh, This one's a medium dark, medium dark roast, or is this a light roast? I can't remember. I think this is the medium roast, because the Major Dickinson's the dark roast? Yes, Major Dickinson was the, the dark roast. This is a medium roast. Uh, we always get it in whole bean, but it also comes in ground and K-cups, mm. really whatever your style of coffee drinking, they have something to fit the bill. Yes. You aren't limited to these two flavors. Uh, through Pete's, you can get tons of different options, including Italian roast, Arabian mocha java, organic, or, organic French roast, so many others. The list is insanely long. If I sat here, I'd probably Endless. be here for an hour. Oh, God, yeah. <clears throat> I've actually recently gone back to work. Yay! <laughs> um, and every morning, Sean makes me a big old cup, or eight ounces, because I can't really drink that much coffee, um, of coffee, and it has been the, the Big Bang this week. And it's really, really good. I don't take a lot, I don't take a lot in my coffee, just like a pump of like the Skinny Jordan stuff. Um, 
depending on what flavor we have in the house. And it is really good. And actually for the first time in months, three times this week, I finished my coffee. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't seem like a huge feat, but it is for me. And honestly, every time we go to the store, oh, you want another bag of Pete's? Like we try to get a lot of other coffees, but there's always a bag of Pete's in the house. Yeah, we try to keep it around because it's one of our go-tos now. It's it's one of our absolute favorite. Uh, it's one of our absolute favorite coffee companies, mm-hmm. and I keep trying to try different flavors whenever I find them. But I'm really, really considering signing us up for one of their subscription plans. I think we should do it. And you, as our listeners, can too. If you follow the link down in our show notes, you can get yourself thirty percent off any new subscription and use promo code. New sub 30 when you check out these subscription plans. I believe they allow you to choose basically any of the flavors that you want to try mm-hmm. out. Yeah. And that gives you like a whole month's worth of coffee just to experiment with. I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to branch out in this new year with new options for coffee. There's thousands out there, but definitely pizza is one we're sticking with. Absolutely. I can't get enough of it. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess we should probably get back to the movie. Oh, yeah. We should uh, go back to this. Uh... Woo! Anyways. So this week, as we said, we watched The Exterminator, which is a 1980 American vigilante action film. This one was written and directed by James Glickenhouse, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. And it stars the infamous Robert Ginty, uh, co-stars Samantha Egger, Christopher George, and Steve James. This movie was originally released September 10th, 1980. It was made on a budget of only $2 million. Oh, damn. And it brought in a box office of $35 million overall. Holy shit. Yes. So this one was quite the little the little success. I wouldn't yeah. say $35 million is a monumental success but considering its budget it was it was quite yeah quite a win and given the fact that the the budget was only two million dollars for this thing it's kind of even funnier because the vietnam sequence that this movie starts off with cost around four hundred thousand of that two million damn so, and that was like maybe 10 minutes that's about 20 percent of the movie's overall budget it's crazy (laughs) damn now we watched we actually watched this movie on vhs yep we watched the we have the embassy home entertainment release which i believe i don't think this is the original release of the movie i think it's the same company but i don't think it's the you think it's a re-release i think it might be a secondary release because i've seen some of the other posters and they have a different tagline on the front of it so, I could be wrong. This might be the original release. I would have to do more digging on that. Maybe the theater release had a tagline that was different from what's on the box? It's possible. But I think this brings us into our our new back-of-the-box segment here. Woo-hoo. Which So, we've got the exterminator. Front cover just says, the man they push too far. Okay. So, starting at the top here, in a war... You have to kill to stay alive. On the streets of New York, 
it's often the same. Get a front row seat for revenge. Christopher George, Robert Ginty, and Samantha Egger star in this suspenseful tale of intrigue and cold-blooded murder by filmmaker James Glickenhaus, director of The Soldier. One man's twisted quest for vengeance soon makes him the kill-on-sight target of the police. This, mm, wow, that's a long sentence. One man's twisted quest for revenge soon makes him the kill-on-sight target for the police, the CIA, and the ruthless forces of the underworld. The tension mounts as the chase ensues, and anything can happen when the bullets begin to fly. Powerful, riveting suspense. 101 minutes, color. <laughs> I always love how the backs of the boxes of these cheesy 80s action movies hype the film up to be something so much more intense than it actually ends up being. And the front of the box gave me a different feeling of what the movie might have been, honest, to, to be quite honest. Yes, and if you've ever seen the, the cover of The Exterminator, it is literally just a guy in front of a black backdrop with some smoke and he's holding a fucking flamethrower and wearing a what looks like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, and to me, I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna be like a fucking extreme like vigilante. Like this is gonna be on like even worse streets of New York like Taxi Driver was, but maybe meeting the Terminator. Like I thought we were getting an action movie. It turned out to be like kind of like a not as much on steroids hard target. Right. Like, it's, it's very... That's why I say it's very similar to Death Wish in a lot of ways. Like, it's very tame. It's literally just this one guy going around taking out criminals. Taking justice into his hands. Yeah. And this cover definitely sells it as something it, that it's not. First mm. of all, there's only one scene involving the flamethrower. Yeah. And let me tell you, that scene... Happens like that. Yeah, we're going to get into some of how this movie plays out, but, like, this movie's filled with scenes that just suddenly happen. Hard cut. Hard cut. Like, Hard cut. There's no build to to certain moments. Nope. It just jumps around really quickly. There are some scenes where you're like, okay, that makes sense, and others where you're like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> it's, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's hard to follow, but it's jarring is the best yeah. way I can put it. Um, a couple of things I would like to mention um, are the the music for the film is a little bit all over the place. It's intense. So like it it features some a lot of synth music, which it feel makes it feel kind of like the score for a horror movie at times. Yeah, especially in the beginning when they're still in Vietnam, where it's like, and I'm like, I'm like, I was over trying to like pull the window shades down, going. Is this ever going to end? Is this going to end? <laughs> I'm getting very anxious. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, a lot of sharp synth stabs yeah. and, like, st stings throughout the whole movie. It's like if John Carpenter's like, look what I can do. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, John, no, get out of here. Uh, but they also mix in these, like, funky tunes at points, some dramatic jazz at other points. And then full on, huh? Stayin' alive, stayin' alive. Yeah. They had they had actual like music, licensed music in this. I was like, damn. Yeah, uh, the most notable one for me was "Burn, Baby, Burn." Just going harder. Which yeah, they play this as he's like coming into the the gang's hideout, but it's right 
not too long after the scene with the flamethrower. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's gonna go in and burn all these people, and then that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, where's where's the flamethrower? <clears throat> I think the music definitely could have been more fluidly put together. It, it, it really just throws you for a loop. No, honestly, it's like the beginning of the 80s, the end of the 70s, like, makes sense. Because the movie, to me, doesn't feel 80s. It feels hard 70s. That's true. And you know what? That's fine, because it, it came out in 1980, which yeah. means it was made at the tail it end of the 70s. It was made, like, end of 70s, beginning of the 80s, yeah. And a lot of that filmmaking style and those the feelings of the 70s would have carried into this one yeah that's one thing a lot of people don't seem to really like catch on to is like when you see a movie that came out in 1980 it's a 70s movie still it's very much gonna follow the format of something made the decade before it's like oh this is this is an 80s movie i really think that classification for films and for music should start like 72, 82, 92. You gotta wait for a couple of years for the decade to get its footing. Then it's got it. And then it doesn't want to let it go into the next decade. Right. It's like anything else. Like, it's gonna take time for it to blossom into something different. And oh, the 80s. Did you blossom? (laughs) Uh, Something worth noting early on. There's a lot of things in this movie that general audiences are probably gonna find triggering. Yeah, I have a racism counter, guys. <laughs> there's a lot of racism. There's a lot of there's a there's a lot of racism. There's a lot of sexism. Like, and not we're not talking like softcore sexism. We're talking oh shit, like pretty vicious sexism. Pretty bad. So this one's got a if shit makes you uncomfortable, and eh, you really want to watch this, put you with a friend. And a, an earmark that I thought was worth noting was that. You can. This is one that you're gonna look at and easily place it as a mu- film from a much earlier decade. This is one that you're gonna look at and be able to place as a film from a much earlier decade because in both the opening credits and the end credits, we feature the Twin Towers quite heavily. I mean, it was weird because I was in high school when the Twin Towers came down. I think you were in middle school. I was in, yeah, second half of middle school. Yeah, I was grade. I was in 11th grade. You were in 7th grade. And it's very, like, you base, like, your life on where were you when... This happened. The Twin Towers hit. The other one for Rhode Islanders is where were you when the station fire hit. That was yeah. a, that's a big one for us. Because that was a huge landmark in the town I grew up in, for God's right. sakes. And you always are like, oh, what year is this movie? And it's in New York City. Oh, there's the skyline. And it's 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 weird to see now because that's not the skyline we are used to now. Yeah, we're so used to for more of our lives than than not. Yeah. yeah. The skyline has been without the Twin Towers. Yeah, because the Twin Towers came down in 2001, and it is 2023, so it's been, this year will make 12 years, well, 22 years. 22 years. And for me, my life, it was up for 16. Yeah. So, and I had never seen, I'd never actually physically seen the New York skyline with the Twin Towers. I'd never been to New York prior to that. No, I, I first went to New York long after that happened and during new year's eve you crazy motherfucker no that was the second time oh. that was the second time i'd ever been uh 
first time I was helping a friend's sister move to New York. Oh, you said that. But first time I ever really went, um, we were picking up a friend in Queens to go to uh, Fright Fest at uh, Six Flags New Jersey. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, all I remember is, you don't jaywalk in New York. And then the other person or the person that lived there went, you just walk wherever the fuck you want. No one cares. And I was like, all right. Um, and then the next time I went was during a blizzard for a K-pop concert. And we were blizzard in and we couldn't get out because the trains couldn't get out of New York. It was... But yeah, that, those Twin Towers have never been in the skyline for me. No, same for, same for me. I honestly hadn't heard of the Twin Towers until, until it happened. It happened. Yeah. And then now seeing them in movies is just kind of it's kind of interesting. It's like it oh. doesn't. It's not a sad feeling, or it's not a nostalgia feeling for us. It's oh, that's right. Yeah, you almost for, like it's been so long that you almost like forget that they were a thing, and then not to you know diminish the diminish attacks. the yeah, no, event not that, ta- that took happen. But it's one of those things where now for us as elder millennials. Does that sit with you? Elder millennial. Oh, Good God. God. <laughs> As elder millennials for us, we remember where we were. My brother and sister do not. And my baby sister was born into a world where they never existed. <laughs> so it's one of those things like it's just, oh, oh, that's right. That happened. But we've gone on with our daily lives for 22 years. So, yeah. And we honestly don't mean to talk a whole ton about the twin towers it's just like an interesting thing i thought like seeing them in a movie like this just and they put a lot of time on it like you've got a good solid minute where the helicopter is circling them and taking footage because it was one of the most predominant pieces of the skyline yeah and this uh this opening sequence as well as the ending titles like this it all takes place during like you're seeing what we assume is either stock footage or mm. they got a helicopter to fly through the city for a day. And it's just these aerial shots of like, this is where this story is going to take place. Yeah. And they linger quite heavily around these two monumental buildings because they were like the center of the city at they one were, point. They were like the Empire State Building was this big predominant thing in the 1920s and on but when the Twin Towers were built like they were a big thing and I don't remember if you were, I don't know if you remember in the 90s there was a bombing that happened at the Twin Towers yeah yep. The, uh, it was down on the bottom it level. was on the bottom level and it just happened for like I don't know it was in the I don't know the full story on that I don't know either but it was I was I was a little kid you were a baby so yeah. like the Twin Towers have been these poor fucking twin towers. That's all I have to say. They went through, up and then they came down. They've been through a lot. They've been through a lot. And they've been immortalized more times than I can count on screen. Oh my God. And have you, here's where we're going deep dive into the weirder shit. Have you ever heard of all the conspiracy theory stuff with 9-11? It was I mean, planned. It's been predicted. It was in cartoons. But you have to remember, this New York City skyline was what people thought of when they thought of America. The yeah. New York City skyline, New York. Well, that that comes from the old thing of, like, pe- uh, I- people immigrating to America. They'd come over on, like, a boat and Go come, to Ellis Island, come and then they'd filter Ellis through, through yeah. that point, through that area of New York. And 
Listen, I love conspiracy theories. I I love listening to a good fucking juicy conspiracy theory. I will never say what my opinion is on a conspiracy theory, though. I find them juicy. That's all I'll say. And sometimes they're fun to listen to. Sometimes it's so great to be like, oh, what's this? What What's this one? Click and hit play and listen to what people have to say. Do I believe in some of them? Oh, God, yes. Do I think some of them are a crock? More shit than you can stir up. <laughs> but, like, the stuff about 9-11 you have to take with a grain of salt when you've lived through it. Yeah. Um, and now we're getting to a point where, you know, a lot of the people that were involved with, like, the recovery and the, the rescue efforts of 9-11, a lot of those people have died. You know, a lot of bad things came out of that shit. And I, I, I take all of those conspiracies with, like, a heavy grain of salt that's like... We're not that far away from that. Can we wait a couple more decades yeah, to jump far on? removed from like, the situation. There is still a air of like politeness you have to have, in my opinion. Not politeness, like tact. That you have to have tact with this, especially with Americans, because we know other countries. You know, fucking London and Europe got bombed to bits. Uh, Japan got bombed a few times. You know, everywhere else has gotten through their own shit. I've got some tactful theory for you. Tactful theory? You know who caused 9-11? Ginty. <laughs> with a flamethrower. It was Ginty with the, on the edge of the plane with the flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he oh, has... God. Oh, God. He has Arnold's voice. Oh, la, la, la. Is he going into the... Oh, we said we were going to try not to get canceled with the amount of racism. We're going a different direction. Fuck him. <laughs> So what I would like, to, what I would like to get into with this to close up this whole like discussion is the psychological aspects of this movie. This movie almost gave me a mini taxi tri- driver psych feeling to where taxi driver did it well. This was like, oh look. Oh look, PTSD. No. Like, and it tried to touch on it, but it was more like action. There's a reason, but action. No, you bring up a really good point. Like, for a movie that is very cheaply made, it's very quick and dirty action. They had little blips it's, of psychologicalness. It into covers it. some very real heavy shit. The same way Death Wish it did. The same way Taxi Driver did. You're talking about this. This idea of vigilantism and like taking justice into your own hands Mm -hmm. because the justice system is failing to do so. It's a really cool idea to play with. And I actually think this one does it fairly well. It's not taxi driver levels, but it's definitely better than Death Wish. No, like you got this is one of those ones that's like you got to step into it with the right frame of mind. The acting is not good. The no. action is fine. It's not the greatest action-packed spectacle you're ever going to see. Mm. But if you go into it expecting what we expected, it's not a bad ride. Yeah. This this ride was enjoyable. I was I will be honest, I was not looking forward to doing this one. When I saw this pit when even when you picked this and I saw the cover of the tape, I went, mm, I'm gonna hate it. Spoiler alert, I did not hate it. I didn't. It actually kept my attention pretty well. And I wasn't bored through this one like I was a little bit with Death Wish. And some things I wanna note about this one is like 
like I just mentioned, like the acting isn't good. Like Robert Ginty's performance in this movie is so bland and fucking lifeless. It's enjoyable though. It is very enjoyable I for people him. like He's us. White vanilla. He is white vanilla. Yeah. And I'm like, I still enjoy you, sir. And I like I think his lifelessness works in the sense of he's Harkening to, to be, these psychological issues he's dealing yeah, with. like, he's supposed to be roaming through the city ruthlessly knocking off criminals. So it's like, yeah, you would be the Punisher. You'd be dead inside yeah. when you're doing that, which is fine. I think it works really well. It doesn't work in the scenes where it's like, oh, he's visiting his friend in the hospital or he's but, visiting her, talking to his his friend's wife. I mean, uh, more towards the end, uh, it's there. <laughs> But, like, yeah. in the beginning when, you know, we see the opening parts of Vietnam and then we see the opening parts of the movie, he still has a little bit of life in him. A He's little. still a little bit. But I think once what happens to his friend happens, that's what took the last shred of humanity the, out of him. That trigger. was the snap. Yeah, that was, all right, killing people's fun. You know, and it, it does take a lot. And they touch upon another really hard subject, which is Vietnam. Vietnam was not good for anybody. Yeah, well, this is that's another thing that Taxi Driver dealt with. Yeah, is like the the idea of a veteran being back home and seeing that everything he fought for was just being diminished by people by Hookers like blow, criminals. Basically. Yeah, yeah, and people basically ruining the the country that they fought yeah. to like preserve. Watching corrupt politicians. This touches that, too. Yeah. Watching them just pretty much ruin people's lives and reputation and the cops not doing anything. Spoiler alert. Nothing's fucking changed in 30-something years. No, almost is, 40 years. It is still like this. And it is. As sad as it is, like, and I know it's, it's completely against the law and none of that is ever going to change. It, I can't help but somewhat agree with, with it. Yeah. With vigilante justice. I agree justice. with taxi driver i agree with dash wish i agree with the, more, the exterminator more so i agree with the message that these films are trying to convey the idea of something more has to be done yeah like yes they take it to the extreme with movies like this and taxi driver and fucking death wish and everything but just the justice system doesn't work most no. of the time and doesn't. sometimes you have like more another form of action is needed and unfortunately like we don't know what that is <laughs> swift kick in the pants <laughs> or the dick so let's go into this film shall we yes um so one last thing I'd like to talk about before I actually go into it because describing this is going to be a little feel a little bit all over the place oh the beginning the whole movie. Yeah, it, it, because, it's... Yeah. Because this movie, it has some really rough... Who am I kidding? His poor transitions from scene to scene. They are hard cuts. It literally, this movie will just fade in and out from black suddenly. Or a scene will go from one thing to a totally different other, and you're like, what just happened? Yeah, some are extremely jarring jump cuts. Uh, one example is like there's a scene where Ginty goes into this place called the Chicken Club, which mm -hmm. I'll get into what that is. Uh, and he knocks out the club owner, and then it suddenly hard cuts like 
to the guy bound to like a bed and Ginty dousing him in lighter fluid. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, how? There was a scene there. It was cut by the studio. We'll never know. They cut like a whole section like of that scene. Because didn't they have to take the tape, the reels out, measure it, cut it, and then just somehow fix it together and that was uh, the, the cut splicing tape yeah it's like yeah like what the fuck and then when it was all fully cut they would reprint it onto new film so it would be all one piece it, it's yeah god but, damn so if this does feel a little jarring as i'm explaining it i apologize it's literally how the movie goes mm. so we kick this thing off in the heat of war dropped into the middle of a firefight in vietnam our protagonist, uh, Robert Ginty, is playing John Eastman, and we see him and his squad as they're captured by the Viet Cong. They are tied to wooden stakes with several other men and tortured for information. Eastman refuses to give it, give them answers. The Viet Cong commander decapitates the soldier beside him with a machete, yeah. which I actually didn't realize he decapitated him at first. It, no, not until they pan back over and you're like, oh. Yeah, at first it just kind of looked like a neck slice, and then it was like, oh, shit, his head came off. Yeah. <laughs> Moments after this, his friend Jefferson escapes and kills the remaining soldiers. He unties Eastman, who then kills the commander. The film then shifts us to New York, which in like would be present day at mm. this time, where both Eastland and Jefferson work in a warehouse. Uh, one day, Eastland catches a group of thugs called the Ghetto Ghouls. They're the main thug group in this movie. Stupidest name in the world. <laughs> and they're trying to steal beer from the place that he works in. Mm. Um, he is attacked, but Jefferson ends up coming to his aid. They beat the shit out of all the guys, knock them out. Now, this is the second time that Jefferson has come to Eastman's aid. He saved him at Vietnam, and now he's coming to his aid here because Eastman was pretty much... Like, they were going to shoot him in the head if he didn't. Jefferson didn't show up. Yeah. Now, after this incident, so they defeat these guys, but the gang ends up returning to cripple Jefferson. They gouge his spine with a... It's... They, it's a little backhoe. It's a little... Uh, it's a like little a rake. little garden hoe thing. Yeah. Like, they just claw him in the back, and it, I guess, severs his spine or... It paralyzes him paralyzes permanently. Him. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of... <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this movie. A lot of things that are just Let's left unsaid. Let's try and answer them. Ask away. So, like, one of the first ones is that when Jefferson's attacks... Nah, nope. When Jefferson attacks. <laughs> uh, when Jefferson is attacked during this whole sequence, how the fuck did these guys know what area he lived in? I think they might have followed him. I feel like this is days later. But they don't days. Yeah, they don't tell you. Like no. you just see them suddenly driving around his neighborhood they just show and he up comes in their outside. Neighborhood. He's like, "Oh kids, goodbye. Have fun at school." And all of a sudden like they're jumping him. And like it makes no sense. There's no like context to that. They just know where he lives. Yep. And now after he's attacked, we we get a small scene where uh Robert Ginty is telling Jefferson's wife about what happened, that he was attacked and he's in the hospital, he's paralyzed. Why is he the one telling the wife and not the police? Because the police are the bad guys. I mean, in the context of this movie, yeah. Yeah, but the police aren't... But Here, logistically... To, pref to preface this to our audience, I don't know if they said, we've said this, Jefferson is a black man. 
the police didn't come to his aid. Jefferson is, I think, the only black man of significance in this entire movie. The whole thing. That whole thing. Like, they don't give a fuck about Jefferson at all. One bit. Because there's a bone I have to pick with this later in the movie. Yeah. Which, huge bone I have to pick with this. But, you know, I digress. Um, but yeah, I believe they were also trying, like, to show the fight the power kind of thing. Like, oh, police don't care about... So, alright, so I'll concede they they did it just for the context of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Alright, that's fine. Um, anyway, the... So, right after this sequence where you see Ginty telling the wife about what happened... This is one of our hard cuts to where we just suddenly see that Robert Ginty has captured and is interrogating one of the gang members with a flamethrower. Yeah. It just hard cuts. He, we don't get to see him get captured. He just has him tied up in a fucking dark room somewhere. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> I think this was the first moment where I was completely like thrown off. I was just like, what? How did we get here? Yeah, like, what, what the wait, fuck? Where? Where's the transition here? There, there was, there's no, there are no transitions no. at all in this. Immediately after this interrogation sequence, he then attacks the gang's base of operations with a assault rifle. Right after this interrogation, he then immediately attacks the gang's base with assault an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shoots one gang member and leaves two others tied up in the basement. I think he actually shoots them after, or at least one of them. Yeah, I think he asks questions and then shoots afterwards, which is a very smart move. And apparently the place is filled with hungry rats. Oh, yeah, because when the police show up, they're like, oh, we got an ID, even though uh, one of them was still alive, even though the rats ate half of his face off. I was like, oh! We don't get to see any of that, unfortunately. Oh, man. No, then it would make it a horror movie, sweetheart. Wouldn't it be nice, though? No, action and horror have no business being together. Oh, None. I will prove no, you wrong. No, 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 no. By the standards <laughs> of this film, it is not a horror. It is action. Yes, I know. So the next few minutes of the movie are a lot of exposition for a lot of things. We, yeah. we learn that the that there's a, a there's mob a, ties. There's that a are, meat mob. There's a meat mob. A fucking meat mob, guys. There's a meat mob. <laughs> there's a beer mob. And there's a meat mob. We and, find the beer mob right in the beginning, too. Yeah, it's very early on. We actually, the meat mob has something to do with a, a one of the comp- the meat companies in the city mm-hmm. called Beef Packers, Inc. We laughed too hard at that. We were dying. We were, oh, my God. It literally at one point cuts to a hard, a hard cut to a truck pulling into what looks like a warehouse. Yep. And it's just the side of the truck just saying beef packers. Beef packers. <laughs> and it lo- and it looks like a sideways pair of pants. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, they're not ma- they're making this so easy. It's like a massive joke just oh. right in your face. Ginty ends up kidnapping Pontavini, I think is was his last name, who was the he's like the crime boss of that meat mob yes and he chains him up above an uh, industrial meat grinder in a warehouse we were so happy it was a hard cut but we were so happy to be like oh what's he dangling there for is that a meat grinder (laughs) oh and he doesn't disappoint he does not oh so he asked him where 
the combo for the safe is because he wants to steal the money that he's been stealing out of the pockets of the workers because now Jefferson family has to pay for all of this because they're not going after the mobster, the the gang for hurting him. So Eastman's like, mm, fine, give me the code to your thing and tell me where it is. And he does. But, but there's an attack dog. He doesn't tell him that he has an attack dog at his house. So Ginty goes to the house. He ends up getting attacked by the dog. He has to kill the dog, which oh. I, my only note on that was, oh. Ginty's a fucking dog killer. You it, son it was of a either bitch. Ginty or the dog, man, I know. and Ginty made a choice. But after taking care of the dog, we hard cut to him going back to the warehouse and just turning, turning on, on the, the meat, meat grinder. And then the next thing you hear is, oh, we fe- uh, the remains of so-and-so were found in the basement of a meat packing plant. And I'm like, Ginty, you beautiful bastard. You sick fuck. I love it. Now that is where I would have loved to have not had a hard cut away from that scene. This is also the that where we get this information. This mm. is where he is also dubbed the exterminator by the media. Yep. Media's like the exterminator. And during all this is when we are introduced to the entire sequence with the what was it called? The Chicken Club? Chicken Club. So this dude buys and uses young boys. Of a certain age. He buys them for his clientele who are interested in young boys for sexual activity. And if they cannot get young boys, they take young girls off the streets. And I'm going to say this as nicely as I can. Use Vaseline heated up with a hair curler or a soldering iron. I thought it was a hair curler at first. And teach them a lesson by burning them all over their chest. So now this beautiful prostitute is now branded. It's This scene is probably, for me, it was one of the most fucked up. Oh in the my whole God. Thing. It was for this. Was I mean, we've, we've seen really fucked up scenes. You don't see it. You hear it. I, but I honestly feel like that's worse. Not knowing, yeah. Like, Not knowing what exactly they're doing what to they her. What they were doing. But hearing the but agony. All you saw was them rip off all of her clothes. And you heard her screaming, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And my uh, my note about this scene was that so like after the beat grinder scene, the producers suddenly realized we don't have enough boobs, so here's some vile fucking rape for you. And you know <laughs> Just what? to get some boobs in there. The VHS <laughs> was, had some impurities, and it was a little grind, grainy. I could not tell they were tits. No. No, I couldn't, and I had my glasses on, and I'm like, "Oh." Does she have, like, really small knockers, or am I just blind? I mean, it was a pretty prominent shot of them. I mean, maybe I'm just tired of seeing tits, because I can see mine in the mirror. Like, oh, look, boobs. (laughs) But, like, oh, it, oh, oh. So, after that, Ginty meets a prostitute, a lady of the night. Yeah, and she, this is the girl that we saw them do this to. Yep. Um, so he, I don't know exactly what his goal was. Was he just hooking up with this prostitute Honestly, for the hell of it? I have no clue. We're going to think that maybe Ginty was trying to be, we were going to hope that Ginty was trying to just be like a good guy. And was like, I'm going to take this young lady off the streets. You know, maybe he was trying to be taxi driver. This is where it gets a yeah, little fuzzy very, taxi driver-esque. The movie gets very taxi driver here. You're just kind of sitting there going, uh, guys, didn't we do this in the 70s? Not that long ago. But he goes up to a hotel room type of thing with this girl. 
and she goes to take off her top and he sees all the scarring on her all the burn marks and obviously he's like what the hell happened to you and she explains what happened yep. and this kind of sends him he's like all right i have to stop this like yep. you're not gonna be on the street anymore don't worry about yep. it I'm, I'm taking care of you and you kind of go, uh, uh, oh. Mind you, we okay. never see this woman again. <laughs> no, we never see her again. Um, next scene is him sawing out the tip of bullets and loading them with mercury. This also never comes up again. Never comes up. I had to Google this. Apparently, it. Apparently, from what I read, not 100% sure, and if anybody wants to comment, please do. What I read was people would hollow out the tips of bullets fill it with mercury so if the bullet didn't kill you the slow mercury poison would i'm what, like that's fucking vicious that's really brutal like i wish that had actually come up mm. in the movie somewhere but it, it never did like if they were like oh toxicology reports came back and he used mercury or they were shot with mercury so they had no chance like at that point you get mercury poisoning back then like a lethal dose you were and sick and you were gone i think the problem is that they they put this small nugget of an idea in the, into this movie but the course of this movie doesn't play out over a long period of time no it's like a few weeks so even if like any of the people that he shot didn't die there was not enough time for them to, like, implement the, oh, the mercury poisoning killed him later. Yeah. Like, it just never no. happened. <laughs> I like that it's in there, but I wish they had done something with it. It's it's one of those things where you're like, so he's got sawed-off shotguns. He's got these assault weapons that you can only get if you were in the army or you went to Vietnam. And yeah. he's got mercury-tipped fucking bullets. This man has officially lost it. <laughs> um, so... Needless to say, he ends up going back to the chicken club and killing these fucking people brutally. Like, like lighting one on fire with lighter fluid, and then while one of them's naked or in his underpants, like, shooting him with the mercury bullet. Yeah. And then he finds a kid. I'm gonna say a kid. It was... He had to be... uh, He had to be of legal age for the movie, obviously. Oh, yeah. He was like... But he looked like he should have been, like, between 15 and 17. Yeah, he's like, it was... I'm not gonna hurt you. Just put on some pants. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Get out of here. But it was, it was Ginty or, um, whatever the fuck his name is, just sitting on the bed going, I'm not gonna hurt you. Here, put on some pants. I'm gonna unlock you. Come on, let's get out of here. As calm faced as he could, while this kid is practically crying, and I'm yeah. like, I think Ginty's lost his mind. Um, so following this, that we actually get a sequence where he ends up. This sequence kind of threw me off mm. a lot because we see this old woman walking home through the park with groceries at night. With at grocery night. Bags. That would never happen, mind you. No, she gets accosted by three me- more members of this ghetto ghouls gang mm-hmm. and they beat her, rob her. Some other random citizen on a bike, c- pulls up on a by. bike and like tries to stop it, but they threaten him. So they get away. Ginty comes out of the darkness randomly. Yep. Comes out of the darkness, threatens the guy who pulled up to help the woman, steals his motorcycle, and then goes after these guys. And then what is one hell of a chase sequence? Yeah, this leads to a, a tremendously ridiculous chase sequence where he he ends up shooting the driver of the car point like just not point blank but in the head yep causing the car to veer off of a ledge and 
fucking explode. Were cars just filled with explosives in the 80s and oh, 90s? Oh, yeah. If your cars had to explode in the movies. Jesus Christ. But it, it's an awesome scene. Like, I absolutely loved watching it. But it left me with the question, why the fuck didn't... If he was around to see that this assault was happening... Why did he wait for them to drive away to go after them? Because he's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's a fucking madman. I can answer man. that for you. He's fucking nuts. Yeah. Hey, Tatra, I got a question for you. I might have an answer. You want to buy the sheets? <laughs> Do I want to buy the sheets? You want the sheets? Oh, my God. That's not my favorite line in this movie. No, but it was a good one. Oh, my God. This is the <laughs> this is like when they're, they were talking, the prostitute and Ginty were talking about with the guy about how much the room would cost. They had to rent the sheets. If they, if they wanted fresh sheets, it would be $5 more. Uh, if they want, if it was, if they wanted it cleaned afterwards, it was another five. If they didn't have the sheets and it's like, you want the sheets? And, like, and the, the best part is the woman says, yes. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. we want the sheets. And yeah, he goes, you want the sheets he again? He looks at him and he's like, you want the sheets? And Ginty's like, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She said, yeah. Yeah, gotta have the sheets. <laughs> like, don't want them babies on the bed, you know? Oh, God. So, in the midst of all of this main, like, absolute mania happening, <laughs> the CIA has heard of the exterminator, and they've kind of reached a weird conclusion that, like, he's... I forget what they said. He's for the opposing. He's for the opposing pol- political team, and he's trying to ruin their reputation. Newsflash: You're ru- trying to ruin each other's reputations. Yeah. So just stop. <laughs> Nobody likes any of you. Oh, so this is what it was. So it's like based on the current administration's promise to cut down crime rates, they believe the exterminator is either an opposite is either an opposition party's stunt or a foreign power's ruse to humiliate the current administration by exposing their inability to handle the city's crime problem. Look, politicians, I'm going to level with you as a normal person. I have no idea what any of that means. I mean, I and know- you know what? If there's somebody out there who's killing people that are doing bad things, let them go. I mean, I understand what all that means. It just like, it's, it's such stupid. a ridiculous leap for the CIA to make. It's the stupidest leap for them to make. Like, rather than just, oh, it's some guy knocking off scumbags, it's, let's just assume it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all here, it's all here to ruin my political career. No, how about he's a normal person that's sick of the fucking douchebaggery that's happening? And you ever thought of that one, fuckface? Something we haven't mentioned is that throughout all of this, we do meet uh, Detective Dalton, who has been assigned to investigate all these exterminator murders. Whom I'm calling yum and young and not so creepy Willem Dafoe. It, yeah, you brought that up while we were watching this and like the I kept looking at him. You cannot see it. You do notice it. Like it's in the way he like smiles at certain points and like He's got that his mouth is a little bit wider than the rest of his face, but not too wide. It's not Willem Dafoe looks, level. He looks he doesn't look like Willem Dafoe looks weird. This guy looks Odd. He's not so quite defoed. Yeah, defoed. He, he's on his ver. He's on the verge of Williming. Is that, is that our new adjective? <laughs> oh man, this guy went full defoe. <laughs> um. So the CIA from this point on is monitoring the investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalton discovers that the exterminator wears hunting boots manufactured by a mail order firm in Maine. Mm-hmm. He 
ask them for a client list in New York and following that hunch, the exterminator may be a Vietnam vet. Because there are certain a certain type of gun in one of the assaults that you can only get if you've stolen it or you're a, a veteran of the army. Correct. We go back over to Ginty as he visits Jefferson in the hospital. Um, we see him actually visit him a couple of times yeah. throughout the movie. And this was something, those interactions were something I actually found very, very interesting about this movie. It was an element that I didn't expect to be there, but once I noticed it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Because it, they include him, he's going back, he's visiting his friend, and he's each time he's confessing his actions to Jefferson. Yep. And Jefferson, he's paralyzed. He can't talk. He can't move. So he's sort of making Jefferson an unwilling accomplice to his crimes. Yeah, yeah. And Jefferson can't do anything to stop him or we go, I any did of these this things for from you. I did this for you. And he's like, you can tell Jefferson's like, like th- just through stop. his eyes. Just he's the like, eyes. He's, he's like, like oh, what are you dude, doing? What the fuck? You're killing people. What the fuck? <laughs> I just thought that was such a cool idea to have in there. It is interesting because now nobody realizes that he knows everything that's happened and nobody else does. They can't question him nope, about they it. They can't ask him. They, he can't even write it down. All you just do is he just, just stare. Oh. Unfortunately, in this scene, oh. he asks Jefferson if, if he He's like, I'm just going to ask you this once. Do you want to continue life? And I'm like, blink twice if you if it's uh, once, yes, twice, no. And then he asks him afterwards, do you want me to pull the plug? And he blinks. Yes. So it's like, ugh. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a harsh scene. Like, it kind of sucks. Like, I didn't want to see Jefferson die. No, but, but it makes sense. Like, this man has lost everything. Like, he can't work. He can't provide for his family. Yeah. He's paralyzed to the point where he can't even speak. He can move his eyes. Yeah. That is... This This comes up to this thing that I read. We talked about this last night before bed. Um, I don't remember all the details, but there was a man who was in a coma for 12 to 14 years. What they thought was a coma, but he was not in a coma at the age of 12 or 10 or 14. I don't know. He had a medical incident and was paralyzed. Paralyzed to the point he couldn't even open his eyes. He was stuck in hell for a couple, uh, like over a decade. Yeah. Like that's what Jefferson was looking at. And you and I were like, nope, if that's the case, just just take me out. Take me out. I can't do it. Nope. Um, so unfortunately, Ginty and he pulls the plug. He kills his best friend. And coincidentally, Dalton just happens to be at the hospital visiting the woman that he's seeing. who's Getting uh, a little frisky whose post is supposed to be outside Jefferson's room. Yeah, we, we do. This isn't doesn't come out of nowhere. We do learn early on that he's starting to see this nurse who's working in the hospital. So it's all set up. Everything's set up, yeah. Uh, when, they, when they learn about Jefferson's death, Dalton kind of puts it together that the guy he just bumped into in the hallway is the exterminator. Yep. So he, Ginty is, he's now aware of who Ginty is. Ginty g- ends up trying to go home the next day and they, the police have the place surrounded. Which I've got a bone to pick with this scene. Okay. Ginty 
kills Jefferson. Yes. Afterwards, he goes to Jefferson's wife. Yes. The cop says, was he, uh, what patient was that? Is that Jefferson? Oh my God, I think I just saw the exterminator. Put two and two together, guys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If he's not at home, he's at Jefferson's. Or you should have checked Jefferson's first. He's not going to go home. Where's the first place he's going to go after being with Jefferson? To the family. Yeah, you would think... Like, right away, I went, oh, he's going to get caught. They're going to go to Jefferson's. Why did you go to his house, you dumb fucks? You were going to call him. These uh, aren't the brightest bulbs we're dealing with. No, no, we got a, we got no. a very dim box here. <laughs> Somebody needs to put a holiday light in those fucking uh, boxes. Goddamn. So, the police is staking out the apartment. Uh, Ginty tries to go home, but no, sees like Pulls the... Pulls up, and they're just hanging out on the roof... In plain and there was a view. cop car in front of his house that turned on and left, and he's like, Are you? "No, I'm not going home." Are you fucking kidding me? So he ends up drive just keep he keeps driving. He uh, stops at a payphone and he calls his house. Yep. And talks to Dalton, Dalton, and they arrange a meetup so that he can kind of explain. And what Dalton doesn't know is Dalton's phone is bugged. Yes, the CIA has bugged Dalton, so nobody is aware of this. They know about the rendezvous, and unfortunately, when Dalton goes to meet with Ginty, they are ambushed by the CIA. And in this scuffle, both men are shot. Dalton is unfortunately killed, and Ginty falls overboard of the boat that they were on. But Dalton is shot. Instead of telling Ginty to stay, he goes, run. Get out of here. He tells him to get out of there, which definitely, to me, is like Dalton was on his side the whole fucking time. To me, it felt a lot like... It felt a lot like in Death Wish when at the end the cops, when they figure out what he's doing for sure, they're like, no, you know what? I agree with what you're doing. Get out of here. And they kind of cover up everything for him. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Dalton doesn't make it through this movie. No, but Ginty survives because a true American hero and shows up on Ellis Island at the end. Yeah, that was... With a bulletproof vest! I went, that's American. Turns out he was wearing a fucking bulletproof vest, but you know what? That actually makes sense. Why would he rendezvous with a cop he didn't fully trust? This is true, and doesn't this leave it open for The Exterminator 2? Yes, and this movie actually has two sequels. What? This movie has two sequels. So there was 
the Exterminator 2 in Electric 1984. Boogaloo. No, it's just Exterminator 2. And ex- the Exterminator Retribution in 2022. I'm sorry, that's last year. Yes, this one just happened. It's a super low budget, much shorter movie. It's like 51 minutes long. Still a movie, though. But I think that's really interesting. Damn, that is pretty cool. It's funny that we decided to do this movie and a new Exterminator film just came out. Well, that's just like, okay, so last year we did Eyes of Laura Mars. A couple months later, we found Eyes of Laura Mars on VHS at our favorite antique place. And then a couple, like last, early last month, early December, we found Taxi Driver, one of the more original copies of Taxi Driver there. Maybe... Just maybe this place is magical, and whatever movies we watch, we will find VHS copies. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. And you found a really good one this time. You found a pretty, pretty fucking sick one. Yeah, we we went recently, and I was able to pick up the Vestron video uh, release of American Werewolf in London, which is pretty sick. I mean, the cover—I will say—the box and the cover look old. Yeah, it's a little beat up. But, man, oh, man, it is cool to see you pull down these newer ones and replace it with originals. We found the original version of Hocus Pocus that was released in 94, which I was like, and we found a movie that is on a like tangible release type of thing that uh, I've never heard from. It's a CED, which is a format that was very similar to Laserdisc. That it came out around the same time as Laserdisc, and it had a very short run. It just didn't do as well as Laserdisc or eventually VHS and Beta. Uh, So this one, there's a handful of movies that got thrown out onto this format, and you have to have a a special player to even watch them, which now I have to find one. (laughs) But oh god, they uh, I picked up uh, Streets of Fire. We just happened to come across it at this antique place, and I was like, oh, God, that's awesome. I have to grab that. You actually looked at me and were like, is this worth it? I'm like, yes, it's worth it. You want to save all this media anytime we find And I, I'm okay with it. doesn't matter how many copies you have of it. If it's something you really like, get it. I mean. Oh, that was another one. We picked up the uh, Anchor Bay director's cut of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, the, now we've got The two-tape version. Yeah. We have the really good uh, version up there that you got probably in the same box, I think. Uh, no, that one came in a uh, eBay order. I'm was it an sure. eBay order? Yeah. But, or was the, the, not the day, uh, Dawn of the Dead, was it Day of the Dead? The next one. I don't One of remember. them came out of yeah, that. One of the three came out of that. And I remember looking at it and you were like, this completes the set. I have all three. And I was like, damn. <laughs> um, we are nearing... We, we, we went over 900 VHSs in the collection. Yeah, we're we're creeping our way up to a thousand. Like it's it's growing very I, fast. I think we're gonna get there because Christmas obviously just passed for us. Last year was really tough. We couldn't we couldn't really do Christmas presents for each other, but <laughs> we are we're totally fine with that. Let's yeah. save money. So this year we've decided instead of doing Christmas presents on Christmas, we're doing advent calendars for each other. And Sean's is going to be a VHS advent calendar. So there's 24 guaranteed. Yeah, we're going to do days 1 through 24. 24 days guaranteed of VHSs. 
So the way we're getting tapes lately, we're going to hit a thousand by the end of the year. Easily. Sean, I need to ask you, where are we going to put another 80 VHS tapes? I don't know. We're 80 tapes like, away from guys, this. Guys, you, you literally don't understand how small this fucking apartment is, and we have somehow managed to fit this many fucking tapes in I, here. I mean, I, I'm actually considering, like, well, if I put some of my K-pop stuff in storage, we can store VHSs back there. <laughs> Like, honestly, because no. I don't need... There's a lot of K-pop stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't need to expl- I don't need to display mm, these. We're not going to do that. Oh, I don't need to have my candles. Because I, sh- I have a shit ton of candles. I have a problem. Every time I go into Bath and Body Works, Sean's like, no candles. And I'm like, but please, they smell so pretty. Um, But yeah, like, I'm considering, like, where else can we hide VHS? <laughs> I don't need books, right? I can put those in the store. Oh, God. Do we need the Blu-rays? Like, we just put the Blu-rays away. <laughs> just put all the Blu-rays away. Just Honestly, have that's, that's an idea. We put all the Blu-rays away and we just have VHS in the house. Yeah. We're, we haven't oh we haven't God. firmed up the plans yet, but they're there. There is no plan, guys. We're, we're just flying by the seat of our fucking pants. We don't even have pants on at this point. That's how crazy uh, we are. Uh, oh. So that, that takes us through the exterminator. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on to closing questions? Yeah, this this movie was cut and dry, but I think the closing discussions are going to be longer than they usually are, just because this movie had thought behind it. It did. It very much did. Yeah. All right. Did you have any favorites this time around? So I had one favorite that I don't know if anybody, I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if anybody would catch it. It's right after we see the beef packers truck and the... Whose mobsters were going in and leaving. And I heard the comment, Cosmic Duck and Star Shit. Yeah. I don't believe this Cosmic Duck and Star Shit. And I'm like, what? That sounds like... What phrase was that? That sounds like the greatest comic book duo I've ever heard of. (laughs) Either that or it is the greatest way to insult somebody that's into astrology. Cosmic Duck and Star Shit. Honestly, like, oh, you're such a cancer. You believe that that Cosmic Duck and Star Shit? That is whoa, pretty good. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, Anybody God. who tells me I'm being a typical Virgo, I'm saying that to their faces. My other favorite scene had to be when Jefferson was getting jumped. That was a pretty good scene. Yes, that was, it was such, quick, such but... a good scene. But I'm like, they tried so hard, and it looked so fake. Oh, it was bad. I'm like, oh, but I appreciate the try. Also, the racism counter. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. We had, a, we had a hard seven. And when I tell you racism, I mean words we are not allowed to say as white people. Oh, God, we, no. I, we will never say them. Ever, never, ever, not as a joke, not to be funny. We don't even say it to like good friends. It doesn't happen. No, it's no. not a word that I no. I care to but use. But the minute it was said, you and I looked at each other and we're like, "Whoa, whoa!" It's that kind of movie. Whoa, like, and I was like keeping a racism counter, and it was pretty bad. So trigger warning. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> this movie is really rough. This movie doesn't pull any punches, Mm-mm. like in basically any way. No. Um, but yeah, Cosmic Duck and Star Shit and You Want the Sheets? <laughs> you Want the Sheets? That's on my list, too. Oh, that I, I knew that one would be on your list. That's why I was like, I need a second one. I need a better one. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, the only two other ones I have on my list are 
I think you have to take a shit and it's coming out of your mouth instead of your asshole. Who the fuck said that? I didn't catch it. That um, Dalton says that to the CIA guy. Oh my god, I meant that's so good. And uh, the other one to add to your racism counter. Oh no. Is that insert bleep here was my best friend, you motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> and Ginty says that to the guy he fucking. Uh, when he attacks the gang at their hideout, yes, the first three guys he takes out, yep, he says that to the last guy he guns down. It's because the guy calls him. Oh, he says it's just a. He was just a N word. Yep. Honestly, that's where half of this racism counter came from. Oh, was God. that one freaking scene? But that line, that was my favorite fucking line in the movie. Him just, saying just that, just say because it was it wasn't it wasn't the fact that he said it. Being a white dude, it, it was, was the, the reasoning behind it. Was it the like vicious, fuck you, like the yes! the hatred behind the oh, line. The, it was the just fucking oh. venom behind his voice. I was like, get him, get him, get him. It was fucking oh, it was gnarly. Good. Oh god, loved it. <laughs> All right, would you make this today? And if so, how and why? No, because there's a better version in Taxi Driver, and I said I didn't want Taxi Driver <laughs> to be remade. Yeah. I said it could do a limited series. That was it. Yeah. Uh, this is a texture ripoff. So somebody making this today would end up trying to modernize it too much like they did with Death Wish and fucking... Like, if you're going to make this today, just make another um, revenge film. This is Batman without the comic book behind it. Just, just make a revenge movie. Just make a guy get wronged and go for revenge. Like, that's... That's all this is. It's the same as Death Wish. It's the same as Taxi Driver. It's the same as Taken. Death Sentence, Taken. Like, all of these, like, revenge-fueled movies. This is just another one, and yep. it's fucking amazing the way it is. Honestly, leave this alone. This is great. I am so happy that I bought this on a whim. I had never seen it before this yeah, viewing. Yeah, because you and I were like, oh, we've never seen it. Maybe we'll like it, because Red Letter Media covered number two. No, they covered this one. They covered that. I had, oh, you said this was early on in there. Yeah, they did this one early on. I think they also did Exterminator 2 later on. I've seen the Exterminator 2 episode. I'm pretty sure they did this one. We don't know how far ch- that channel that... Uh, we don't... Oh, guys, I've started, I've started smoking medical marijuana. I apologize now. Things are only going to get worse from here on out. It's a slippery slope. Oh, it is a very slippery slope, but I'm not in pain right now, so that's, that's a plus. Like, you and I both said, we don't know how far back Red Letter Media's channel goes. We've never tried to, like, watch everything yet. I have. You've watched every single thing. Yes, at least Except once. for the stuff that they, they just yeah, started releasing they, weird they just stuff. just recently, like, like there's a bunch of stuff on their channel that I had never seen was there before. Mm. I don't know if it's been there for a while. Or and maybe, you I know, just didn't Dick see the it. birthday boy went, let's unprivate all of yeah. these. <laughs> but this is what I'm pretty sure they did way back, like one of the first best of the worst episodes or something like that. And I wouldn't even want this in like this doesn't this isn't the best of the worst to me. I see I can see the reasons I why I can see why they would put it there, yeah. but like to me I'm like maybe I just haven't seen good enough movies to know that this isn't that great. I don't, I don't know. know. I just think this one is a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of fun watching it. I did, this. I honestly did. I was not looking forward to watching it this morning and then we watched it and I was like, okay, I kinda like this one. I'm kinda into it. I'm kinda into it. So there's only one answer to this next question. 
Um, is it mainstream exploitation or other? Exploitation! This is absolute exploitation. I it don't is- know what category of exploitation we're putting this in, but this this cup, this this salted over many. <laughs> this would be like vigilante, vigilante. exploitation, I think. Or- like, oh God. Mobster. This is gangster. It's exploitation in its fucking purest form. It, it's good. This is a good. This a, is a good exploitation example for the first time of the year. It's a quick, dirty, trashy action it wasn't, film. It wasn't too long, even though it was like over an hour and a half too. No, it didn't feel long. No. It kind of breezed by. Like even the first ten minutes, because we had the a, Vietnam sequence seemed longer than it actually was. Yeah, I will say that because like oh, it's just a war thing. We know it's going to be gritty and crazy. Like we at one point in watching this had to like we had to stop the video and then like start it again and like fast forward back to where we were because we didn't realize how to press pause on the Xbox because this is a cut VHS. Yeah, we did a, a VHS rip. Yeah, and this is a VHS that. rip. We watched it on the Xbox and we're like, we need to pause and we reset the movie. Oopsie. But like that first ten minutes felt like it was two minutes. Like yeah. it felt it moved so fast. Yeah. But it, this is exploitation. Yeah. Pure and simple. Oh, pure in its finest. Now, what type of exploitation would you think? Do you think this is? I would probably say it's like vigilante exploitation, or even maybe just straight action exploitation. I, I don't know. I'd like to put this in like vigilante revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Vigilante revenge. I would lean more towards revenge because he was doing this out of the revenge of certain people like Jefferson and the prostitute. Not really vigilante like I'm going to kill all the bad guys in the city. He was really aiming for like two specific types of people. Right. The mobsters and the gangster. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Uh, Do you have anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to... The Exterminator. No, this this was a good one. This is definitely one that people that if you love action movies, check this one out. This one was pretty good. Um, just be warned. There's a lot of heavy material, even though it doesn't feel like it's heavy. There is a lot of heavy shit in this. I can see why this is not a movie that they play on TBS on Sunday before the big game. <laughs> um, They'd have to cut a lot out. Uh, it, instead of an hour and a half, it would probably be 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah, that whole Mercury fucking in the... Th- that was that was rough. <laughs> Just going, why is he putting Mercury in that? Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I, I personally really like this movie. Like, I think it's a great example of, like, just a 80s, 70s, 80s action. Yeah. Dark, vigilante, revenge Gritty. movie. It's yeah, it has its problems. It's got its editing is a little shitty. Its acting isn't the best, but it's fun as hell to watch. Oh god, yeah. It is going to be entertaining, especially if you love cheesy ass movies. <laughs> I personally ass. love cheesy ass movies. You do love cheese. You love any you, cheese just pure unadulterated just cheesiness. <laughs> and it's beautiful. But I think this is going to bring our discussion on the Exterminator to an end. Are we exterminating it? We are exterminating it, at least until Exterminator 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> but don't go anywhere just yet. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions. John.
John Agar is the nice-looking young man, introduced by John Hoyt to pretty June Kenny. And when boy meets girl, well, they do what comes naturally. But the loss of love has made this mild-mannered man into a maniac. A maniac who wants to make you a plaything. And the fear-awesome fact is, he knows how to do it. friend. How would you like to be a living doll? This madman can do with as he pleases. A monster, his own woman, had reason to flee. See, the world that the child in each of us knows. See, a baby doll take a bubble bath in a coffee can. What are you talking about? Sally. Tell her. He said that tonight, he said tonight he was going to kill us all. It only takes one of us to go for help. Feel the fantastic fear of living in a normal world but being dwarfed by people many times your size. So this next one was your choice. It definitely was my choice. Why exactly did you choose Attack of the Puppet People? So I decided that I wanted to go deeper into cinema history this year to where last year I tried to stay kind of safe with like fun 80s stuff or things that I'm used to. I went deep into putting myself in, Dad, I want to be with you and cut the whites of your skin. I really enjoy 30s, 40s and 50s film. And I tried to go, what movie is going to be ridiculous? And I read a little bit of the synopsis for this one. Uh, it was, it's from 1958. It's a black and white science fiction horror film. And I was like, I'm in. Let's do it. I know nothing about it. That's it. Yeah, I've, this is not one I've seen before. Nope. I've heard of it many times. Oh, but. yeah. This is probably one of those ones like uh, Attack of the 50 Foot Woman, uh, shit like that. Like, you, you've heard those weird science fiction movies. Attack of the Puppet People is pretty, pretty famous from the 50s, so... But I've never seen it, so I was like, let's do some fun ones. I'm always up for a good old black and white film. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think this one should be fun to talk about, and... You know, I do like going back and looking at these, like, these black and white, like, classic... Films. Back, back in the heyday of Hollywood, the 30s, 40s, 50s. In the 60s is really where it started to change. The yeah. 60s for film became something different. But like prior to like I would say 1962 and before that, you had these movies that they just churned out with these crazy little special effects and just I want I want to see I want to experience this one. I agree. I want to experience it with you. And all of you. Every one of you sad sacks listening to this fucking podcast. Hey. 
Those sad sacks are enjoying our voices every week. I'm sorry. <laughs> we appreciate you. No, we really do. We really appreciate we anybody who listens to this. Don't use the sad sacks. You're not sad sacks. You're wonderful people. <laughs> we appreciate anybody who takes the time to listen to this because honestly, we do this for fun. Yeah. We don't do this for anything but our own entertainment. We always wanted to do it. So. Yeah. What the hell? You Why know? not? If any of you like it, great. And this morning, I pulled up my my personal Facebook, and it was the. First share I made of Grindhouse one year ago today, and I was like, "Oh dear God, it there it is, it's real, it's in black and white right there." It was a year ago that we really started pushing this. And here's to another full year. Full year. It is now officially 2023. Right now, Christmas is over. Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Christmas was crazy this year because my family came up, so I was not home a lot of the times. I was at my sister's new house the whole time, and I was exhausted. I was in so much pain. My my um chronic illness is really kicking what tiny of an ass I have right now. <laughs> um and I've been on the um medicinal marijuana train for about what you say like really hard for about 2 weeks now. Yeah. I kind of hate it. I don't like the feeling of like being stoned. I hate it. But the perks that it comes with is I'm not in any pain. The other perk it comes with is when I watch stuff or do stuff, my filter fucking goes. So this should get a whole lot more fun as we Uh, go along. (laughs) Because some days we'll do this and the days that we decided we're going to record are Sundays for us. And we're like, we want to get at least the minimum of doing one movie, the maximum of trying to get three. My max is three. And lately it's... Honestly, like when we recorded the 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 five hour recap, it was like the beginning of December. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're gonna get on top of it. We're gonna do all. Of it. Needless to say, life happened, and we barely recorded in December. And yeah, we're it, now playing catch up. We are definitely playing catch up, but like we've always said, and I say it many times, I want to be transparent about what's going on in the the lives of us. Yeah, and if we can't get ourselves back ahead, I mean, at least you guys will be kind of along for the ride with us. Yeah, because at one point, like, we were recording two to three months in advance, and we're like, oh yeah, by the time you're listening to this, it's my birthday, but it's really fucking June, you know? No, like, this is getting released next week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's I, I kind of like it, but it's a lot of pressure. It is a lot us. of pressure. So if there are some episodes where you're like, Leah doesn't sound like herself. It's because I'm not. <laughs> I'm very much here, but uh, I had to change a lot of my medications, unfortunately, because, you know, body just can't stay on a lot of medications for very long. So um, now I'm really looking back on those uh, days of dare, don't do drugs and say, you guys were liars. You guys were absolute dirty liars. (laughs) Because the best, it's not, I I won't say doing drugs is rough. Don't do them. Um, But when there are days where I'm in a lot of pain because my chronic illness is is advancing, unfortunately, and had a nice surgery on my ankle, thought it would be better. I am the same as I was before I went in for the surgery. Hooray. Same pain, same everything. Only now I can tell you why it's there. It's not a, why is this happening? It's a, oh, I know what I need to do. And it's going to take me 20 to 30 minutes to get it to stop. So every day is a new learning day. It is. So I'm going to pick specific ones of these to actually be stoned out of my mind to watch because I'm hoping maybe I'll be 
There's already a couple movies I'm like, oh, Action USA, I think, is on the list this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be fucking major stoned for that. I don't want to watch Action (laughs) USA. I've watched Action USA with Red Letter Media. I don't want to watch it in real life. Oh, we're going to watch it. Oh, no. All right. That's going to bring today's episode to an end. If you want to keep up with everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. Find us on Discord where you can chat mostly with just with Leah about this film or any of the films that we've previously covered. You can suggest us some movies. We honestly love for, for yes, to hear from you guys and hear what you you want to hear us talk about. All the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Listen to us first thing every Monday morning. Give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. If you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, you can find us over on Patreon, or you can support us directly through Acast, where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening or unlock some fun exclusive bonus content that we are still trying to put out for you. Unfortunately, it's taking us a lot longer than we hoped it would, but we do have a couple of episodes out already. So there's a little something out there. This stuff is just for our supporters, so if you do decide to support us, you'll get something out of it. Yes. Until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thank you for listening, and don't get yourself exterminated. the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market